0: This is the News and Talk of Nevada. Now, Nevada Outlook, a discussion of Northern Nevada issues on News Talk 780 KOH.
2: Good morning, I'm Daniela Sanino, and this is Nevada Outlook. Today we're talking with Kathy McGathey from the Veterans Guest House about the upcoming Army-Navy game raffle for big prizes that help benefit the guest house. It's one of your big fundraisers of the year.
3: Right. I was just informed that the tickets will not be available till November 1st because we have not received them yet.
2: We can get online right to the Veterans Guesthouse website and purchase those tickets for the Army Navy game and help support you guys, right?
3: That's correct. They'll be. Um, you can come to the guest house, you can go to the flag store, or you can go to PJ's restaurant. All of us will have tickets and online.
2: Talk about what a big deal this fundraiser is for you guys.
3: Oh, it's a it's a huge event. We only sell 500 tickets, and all the money stays right here at the guest house. It helps us keep our lights on. And with this year, with everything with COVID, we've had to do a lot more laundry. We've had to do a lot more cleaning. Um, So our water bills and things like that have skyrocketed, which is okay because we want to be sanitized and safe for our guests. But this event here really helps us get through the cold winter time when everything is rocketed, electric bills, all those kind of things, so.
2: Can you, for the listeners that aren't familiar with the Veterans Guest House and what you guys do, let's give a little background and history of when you guys got started, why you got started, and what you guys do here in Northern Nevada.
3: Sure. Um, the Veterans Guest House was started in 1994 by two um, veterans, and it was Chuck Fulkerson and Dick Rhino, and they found people sleeping in their cars over at the VA who did not have the means to stay at a hotel. And so they got together and developed um, the Veterans Guest House. Um, it has evolved from a small brick house that held three or four people to what we have now, which is a 16,000 square foot house that holds 35 people. Um, and we have a community kitchens, community um, living areas, the bedrooms are all private with uh, um, Jack and Jill bathrooms. And it's a very warm and cozy and sanitary place for people to be. We're right across the street from the VA, which makes it really um, accessible. But we service all hotels, clinics, doctors in the Reno-Sparks area.
2: And you guys don't charge a penny for veterans or their families to stay when they need to be treated at the VA, right?
3: No, no money's involved at all. We welcome a donation if they'd like to do that, but of course no one has to. We do not charge for anything, not for food, not for anything. We are also working on providing local transportation so the vets can get where they need to be. And if any other needs come up um, while they're here, we try to put them in the right place to receive those also.
2: You guys do a couple pivotal fundraisers a year, and this is one of them. What are the other ones that you guys do to raise money to keep the lights on?
3: Well, we have our Radiothon, which is in March and um, that will probably, last year we were not able to go to the Atlantis because of COVID. Um, We had it here at the guest house, so we're not sure yet exactly where it'll be, but that's a huge event for us, Um, and you guys are highly involved with that. Um, You are our anchors for that one. And then we have a golf tournament in August that's up at Montreux, and that one is also a huge event. Um, And those three things there, and then we have a fashion show That we had to cancel this year in the fall, but we are planning it for um, the first Friday in May right now, tentatively. This will be our fifth fashion show.
2: So you guys do these events periodically. It's not cheap to run the guest house, is it?
3: Absolutely not. It's about a half a million dollar a year um, operations budget here.
2: What kind of expenditures do you guys have to pay i mean this is a you guys went from a fairly small home to that big expansion you did a couple of years ago where you literally doubled in size it's a big building talk about how expensive it is to keep the lights on there
3: to pay um, a cleaning staff of course we have a wonderful cleaning staff from wild cleaning who comes in we have one lady who's been with us for almost 10 years cleaning guest house five days a week Um, And then, of course, we do all of our own laundry on property, so that's a lot of hot water. We are, at this point, having to replace a hot water heater, which is extremely expensive. Um, And then we are also having to replace an elevator, which is monstrously expensive. But just on a day-to-day basis, if you have a home, just multiply that by 35 people, and you'll understand how much it costs.
2: So if we know any um, elevator repair people out there... (laughs) And what was the a- and the water heater? If we know people that uh, maybe have a water heater business or elevator repair, we want to definitely reach out to those people in the community right now and say, hey, uh, if we could borrow a couple hours of your time to get this stuff fixed, that well, would be much appreciated, right?
3: The elevator is going to have to be replaced, and we are um, have already have everything in place for that one. Um, and the hot water heater, um, we have a wonderful company in Jet Plumbing here in Reno who. Um, they comp every hour of labor that they do for us for anything. And they um, will probably, um, you know, do the hot water heater. We'll take beds, of course, but, you know.
2: So if they somebody kind of has a water heater that they want to donate, this would be a great time to do a tax write-off right before the end of the year, right? They could call
3: me. That's great, yes.
2: What size water heater, just so we can get this out to the public?
3: It's a 100-gallon commercial hot water heater.
2: Talk about how rewarding it is, Kathy McGathey, with the Veterans Guest House, to help the people that are coming to town that may not have a place to stay, may not have the means to pay for a hotel room, and they desperately need to be treated for whatever situation they're dealing with, physically and or mentally, over there at the VA. You guys are like angels on earth, kind of, so to speak.
3: Thank you. Um, it is very important. Our mission is access to healthcare and we want to make sure that every veteran is able to get the health care that they need. That's why we don't charge for anything and we supply continental breakfast in the morning. We have groups that bring dinner every night, so no one has to spend their money on that. And that's why we branched out into supplying transportation so that people can get where they need to go. Um, People tell us all the time that they might not have been able to do treatment or even come to Reno to get things done if we hadn't been here because they just simply couldn't afford it. Um, we, For me, um, I just turned 71, and I have no plans to retire because I love this place so much.
2: Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Can you tell me a, a heartwarming story about a family that was helped by you guys? That
3: Well, we had one gentleman who was here with cancer, and his dog, Cloud, came with him. And he tried every available avenue. He was um, from McDermott um Nevada which is way up by the Oregon border had no transportation he stayed with us for months on end he did end up passing away but while he was here his family was able to come and stay with him Um, we made sure to make a connection to get his dog taken care of when he passed away he didn't have to worry about anything when he was here and we have had such great feedback from everyone involved with him also, I don't know if you know, we took in a lot of the fire victims from the Dixie Fire and the Calder Fire. Oh, and for families had, that had lost their homes, families who were just displaced, and they were able to all stay here, get a shower, be someplace warm, know, have running water. And the outpouring of people coming in and just telling us how much this meant to them when they had no place to go or be stuck in a shelter with hundreds of other people you know and not even know if they were going to get a meal or get a shower or anything and they came here and we were able to take in everyone who asked for a room
2: you guys do a lot of great work here in reno and northern nevada in general All right, so people need to save up their cash so they can get in on the raffle for the Army Navy game. You guys will actually draw the winner at halftime. That date is sometime in December, right?
3: December the 11th. Game party here.
2: Yeah, you guys have the big party going on, right?
3: Right. We have an Army Navy game party and we do draw the winning tickets at um, halftime. There's a $7,500 ticket. And then there's five $500 tickets that are pulled. Um, we have food and homemade chili, and it'll be catered, and it kind of draws lines in the guest house. We have one section for the Army and one for the Navy, and um, we just have a really good time. Everybody is able to get together, and we are going forward with that party this year.
2: All right, Kathy McGathy with the Veterans Guest House. How do people get involved with the raffle once you guys kick it off on November 1st?
3: Well, our phone number is 775-324-6958, and I'm extension 10. Just give me a call, and I'll get you all hooked up with tickets. Or we can go through Facebook, or you can go through um, veteransguesthouse.org online to buy tickets also.
2: All right, Kathy McGathy, give us the website so people know how to get involved and they can learn more about the Veterans Guest House and sure. how they can help you guys out. It
3: is www.veteransguesthouse.org. I'm
2: Danielle Sanino and this is Nevada Outlook.
3: Afford Anything
0: is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why if you want to offer benefits, the provider of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. The news and talk of Nevada. This is Nevada Outlook on News Talk 780 KOH. Good morning and welcome to Nevada Outlook. I'm Jim Fannin. Today we're talking with Lisa Marsh Ryerson, president of the AARP Foundation, about their study of social isolation. She says it's bad for your health and we all need to take steps to deal with it.
1: We have been working in the field, Jim, of social isolation for a number of years now because we know it's important for all of us to maintain our social networks and have access to critical community supports and resources so that we can thrive, so that people can thrive as they age. But during the pandemic, you know, Jim, what about you? I know for me everything changed about abilities to stay connected to family and friends. And vulnerable older adults became uh, more at risk for social isolation. And in fact, many, many more older adults experience social isolation. And Jim, all of the negative health impacts, that follow. I, I don't know if you knew, Jim, but social isolation prolonged Social isolation is the health equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day.
0: So it'll take you down. It'll wear you down.
1: It, it will wear you down. And very, very important, then that individuals and communities come together, know where the highest concentration of risk is, and then focus their resources to provide help where it's most needed. So that is why, Jim, to your question, we worked with the Research Institute at the University of Chicago to come up with scores for counties across this nation to help um, communities understand what their risk levels were so that they could develop solutions together.
0: Lisa, is there a big split between urban areas and rural areas in, in places like Nevada? I mean, we know Las Vegas is a big city. Reno's a big city. And there's a lot of places in Nevada that are sparsely populated. I imagine it's a struggle for many of them.
1: You've got it, Jim. You've really hit to the core of this. Although there is isolation risk, of course, for individuals across the life course, and especially for older adults in communities of all sizes, and compositions across the nation, we do see that risk scores are higher in communities that are more rural and in communities that have lower population. And, Jim, that's true in your state. In Nevada, the overall state, the state overall has a risk level of about 39%, and uh, Reno is about that same level. So where there is, as you're noting, Jim, more population, there is seems to be less risk. When you look at the factors of, the number of older adult residents who are living on their own or living in poverty who might be having difficulty living um, independently would be some of the risk factors that go into the composite spores. But then if you head out of those urban areas, head to a county such as Mineral County, residents who are 65 and older there in Nevada, Jim, have a higher risk um, possibility at 91% Jim in that area.
0: Wow, so that's a huge difference between Reno and out in Mineral County where uh, where people yeah. I mean, there, there was already Lisa, a level of social isolation before the pandemic, but this is just making it worse by, you know, compounding it.
1: It is compounding it, Jen. You you really got to the exact center or the core of the conversation, which is that you know, we were growing um, awareness and developing solutions prior to the pandemic, but then it, that hit, and everyone was having a tougher time maintaining their social network and and being able to be out and connected with resources and support. So what becomes so important, I think this information about risk possibilities in, in counties in geographic areas is really powerful information. Because it means we can pull together and say, how do we use our resources, which could be the talent of a variety of community-based organizations, the, the, the expertise and skill in our healthcare system, the whole variety of organizations, and pull those resources together and work together to help individuals be screened for their risk, to connect individuals to community organizations that can help them maintain their social connections.
0: And we have seen community organizations in Nevada step up, but how can individuals and families do more to to help people stay connected?
1: You're right. We have seen so many organizations step up and help vulnerable populations and especially vulnerable older adults. For us at the individual level, Jim, just important to know that it is likely that older adults in your life are having a hard time maintaining their social connections during this pandemic. And it is likely that they will remain isolated post-pandemic. So make time every day. Try to make some time, but certainly throughout the course of a week, make time to connect to an older family member or an older neighbor. Dial them up on the phone. Just have a conversation with them. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them what their needs are. Help them run their errands. If you're headed out for a walk in your neighborhood, Ask an older adult uh, neighbor or family member to go with you on that walk. Use the power of technology, Jim. I mean, just as we've all harnessed video chat on our phones or how many Zoom meetings have you had, Jim? <laughs> so thinking about all of those tools, which are no substitute for human one-on-one connection, but are very powerful facilitators to be sure that older adults can still be connected, to their family members, and to their friends, and to their resources within their community.
0: You know, Lisa, more than once I've heard someone say, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to this, uh, uh, you know, social distancing, social isolation, and, and, and being on my own. I, I don't know if I want to go back to the way it was before, but I, I don't know if they're serious about that.
1: Well, and they might be. You know, Jim, it's interesting when... When people share that with you, it allows us to talk about this important subject. So social isolation really, again, it's measurable. It's the size of our social network and being sure that we have people we can rely on. And, and if that person who shared that with you is finding that it's, it's easy for them to stay connected to friends and family members via technology, that means they still have their network to rely on. So that may be their preference. Loneliness, Jim, is something altogether different, right? It's whether or not an individual believes they can count on people. So those are two very different factors, and the way in which they're addressed has to take into account individuals' personal preferences
3: for
0: connection. And we're talking with Lisa Marsh Ryerson, president of the AARP Foundation, Just just to talk a little bit about the elephant in the room that... We really haven't talked about, and that is vaccinations. We found in urban areas, for the most part, vaccination rates are pretty high. In some of the rural areas of Nevada, they're very, very low, and that's got to be contributing somewhat to the isolation.
1: Well, we certainly know that, you know, risk safety is important, right, Jim? So, so you're right about that, that as we're able to lower the risk in communities, of the spread, right, to really help mitigate that spread, that means that um, we're able to increase the options or possibilities. Of course, Jim, as you and I know, following all safety protocols that are in place area to area for people to pick up or remain socially connected to one another. But for older adults where risk is higher of COVID-19 and its variants, we want to be sure that we're doing everything we can to be sure that even as they maintain physical distancing for their safety and health, that we're able to reach out to them and help them remain connected.
0: And Lisa, where can people get more advice? I know that uh, ARP has quite a few resources that can help in these areas. Tell us more about where we can get some help.
1: Yes, I would want all of your listeners, Jim, to... Um, In addition to listening to what has been a great conversation with you, and thank you for drawing awareness to this important topic of increased social isolation among older adults, but everybody had to connect to effect.org. That's connect, the number two, effect with an A, dot org. That is AARP Foundation's long-term commitment to increasing connection for older adults. So the vulnerable older adults, are able to thrive as they age. And you'll find a wealth of information, Jim. You can also take an assessment, very easy risk assessment, to see where you are in terms of your own social connection. Or you could take that assessment on behalf of a loved one. You can use this new mapping tool to find out the risk of social isolation in your own county. And you can put in your zip code and be connected to tools and resources right in your own community.
0: Great information, Lisa Marsh Ryerson, president of the ARP Foundation. Enjoy talking to you. Hope we can do it again, and thank you so much for being with us on Nevada Out on air, online, on demand. News Talk seven eighty Koh.